What is up, guys? And welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl. And if you've ever tossed and turned at night, wondering if daylight will ever come and felt the oppression of a sleepless night on your energy the next day, then tune in because today's episode will help you fall asleep faster, sleep deeper, and dream better. Okay, I'll try that line there. I have no clue how to help you dream better. But listen, if you want more energy, if you want better focus and more enjoyable workouts, then tune in. Her True Strength Podcast is your faith-based approach to discovering how to build your strongest body yet. You'll learn how to strengthen your mind, body, and spirit all through the lens of the gospel. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl, follower of Jesus, lifter of weights, and adventure enthusiast, and I empower faith-based women to build strong bodies from the inside out so they can confidently impact the world with strength and grace. Welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Hey friend, how in the world are you? Thanks so much for tuning in today to this podcast. If you don't know me, I'm your host, Laurel Lindahl, owner of True Strength Collective and the founder of the Her True Strength Podcast, where I help women like you help to steward their God-given bodies to make much of Jesus and better flourish in this present life. In other words, it's my hope that through this podcast, you grow more in love with Jesus, more confident in your body, and strong in your physical body and faith. So without further ado, let's dive right into the topic of today, which is sleep. Now, with my epic intro, you might be wondering what sleep has to do with building strength, making much of Jesus, or flourishing in this life. And that's a pretty fair question, except for this little known fact. Few women realize that muscles aren't built in the gym. In fact, the gym and the work you do there actually breaks them down. Your muscles are built or technically rebuilt while you are sleeping. And the extent of quality and the extent of quantity sleep that you get plays a vital role in your body's ability to build muscle or not. And if it's not currently your goal to build muscle, that's okay. But you'd like to have more energy at the end of the day, then your sleep cannot be ignored, which is why today's topic is so important for active women. Because Not only are you working out, but you're likely working too. Maybe you're studying, maybe you're caring for kiddos, maybe you're juggling housework, planning meals. You have a lot of things that demand your energy and it's a worthy work for you to do to focus on the one God-given recharge button that we've been given, which is your sleep. Now, I get that this is not a sexy topic, but I can assure you that if you take the principles I'm going to share with you today, you can make a significant difference in your energy, your mental focus, and have more enjoyable and effective workouts, not to mention your hormone health and relationship health and spiritual health. Because a body that is well-rested is a body that is well-adjusted and that is able to handle the demands of the day. And you are much less likely to fly off the handle at the smallest inconvenience. Not speaking from experience or anything there, but With that being said, let's talk about a few misconceptions that women have about their bodies when it comes to sleep. These are all ones that I've heard quite frequently. Maybe you have some new ones. Maybe these cover them, I hope. The first one is I can function off of six hours of sleep just fine. Well, somewhere along the line, a study was done that showed about 3% of the population has this odd genetic tick that allows them to properly function off of four or less hours of sleep at night. 
And by the time the study got out to the public, people started claiming they'd been right all along. Well, unless you've been tested in a sleep study, this likely isn't true. In fact, I'd venture or propose to you that believing this to be true about yourself may be doing more harm than good because you need to realize that your body is always listening. And if you don't believe that you need the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep, then you're likely not going to want to do the things that will allow you to get that sleep and in turn will be functioning subpar and never know anything different. But here's the reality. There will be seasons of life that your body adapts to less sleep. College, the newborn phase, a new job, a new house, they are all seasons. But please don't make the mistake of believing a common experience is normal for your body. Having no energy at the end of the day isn't normal. Not being able to fall asleep within an hour isn't normal. Not being able to stay asleep isn't normal. Just because something is common does not mean that it is normal. So if you've ever found yourself saying this to yourself, I get it. Just remember this. Your body believes everything that you tell it, even if it isn't always what's best for it. And you could be sacrificing your energy and your focus for doing something you believe to be true simply because it allows you not to change the lifestyle you've been comfortable with. Tough words, but true words. I say this with a lot of love. Number two, I fall asleep super quick, so sleep isn't a problem. I get this one a lot from my moms who probably take over 20,000 or 25,000 steps a day easily. I mean, when I was training in college, I worked three jobs. I took 21 credits and was also training for a half marathon. And I can tell you that my sleep quality was terrible. I tossed and turned all night and I woke up several times throughout the night feeling like I had been hit by a truck and I never woke up feeling refreshed. But I never thought to look into my sleep hygiene or how to improve my sleep because I was falling asleep so quickly. I thought everything was fine. The time that it takes for you to fall asleep is actually called your sleep latency. Maybe you don't know this. And sleep latency is a determinant for being overtired. So if you are falling asleep in less than five minutes, if your head hits the pillow and you are out immediately, the chances are pretty high that your body is overtired and needs more or needs better sleep. Don't make the mistake that I did in college and keep believing that just because you're falling asleep quickly, like Sleepy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, means that you're getting good night's sleep or good quality sleep or that you're actually getting good, deep, restful, productive sleep. Okay, number three, I should be able to fall asleep faster than I am. I often hear this one from the hardest working, hardest wired women who like to get a lot done in a day and have pretty high expectations of themselves. Does this sound maybe like you? If it does, I totally get you because this was literally me before I started my deep dive into sleep hygiene and the physiology of sleep and how it relates to muscles, how it relates to our strength. You see, the reason why it's not realistic for us to expect our body to power down like a machine is simple. We're not machines. You are not a machine. You have emotions. You have thoughts. You have feelings. You have a thousand to-do lists running around in your head. And during the day, that builds up a lot of momentum in your mind. 
over time, the more that you do, the more momentum you have, like a heavy ball rolling down a hill, the heavier that ball is, the more things you have to do, the faster it will roll, the more momentum it will gain. And the truth is, that's not reasonable for us to expect our bodies to just shut down immediately. And while you might like to be able to go from checking Facebook, checking emails, texts, your laptop, to lying down and shutting off right away and fall asleep blissfully and efficiently, our anatomy and our physiology just doesn't tick like that. It just doesn't roll. It doesn't do that. There's an analogy that I like to use to help us understand what's required for our body to be ready to shift fully into the resting and digesting state that allows our body to produce our hormones, to balance our hormones, to rebuild our muscle, and do all of those things that are vital for getting a good, productive night's sleep. And it goes a little something like this. Most approach sleep kind of like landing a helicopter. We go from flying sky high to straight down, a thousand feet to zero in about 10 seconds. That's why helicopters are so effective because they can go from on the top of a mountain directly down into a valley. But thinking this way forces our body to do something that it wasn't actually meant to. It doesn't function that way. And as a result, the momentum from the day builds up and causes restless sleeping, trouble falling asleep, or maybe trouble staying asleep. Here's a separate analogy, an analogy within an analogy. If you've ever used an instant pot, then you'll totally get this one. The pressure from the day kind of builds up like what's inside the pressure cooker, what's inside your instant pot. And what were to happen if we took the lid off without hitting the release first? Kapow right? Like rice is blowing everywhere. It's a mess. And sleeping is less like a helicopter, less like trying to release instantly and more like an airplane. And if you've ever been on an airplane, you know that the descent takes a while, especially if you got to pee, right? It takes time to descend. It goes from 300 miles an hour to 200 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour, 10,000 feet to 8,000 feet and so on and so forth, right? You're not using an airplane to go down into a mountain valley. You need a long runway because it is slow. It is planned. It takes time, which leads me to the six ways that you can optimize sleep. What are ways that we can land the plane smoother, that we can make that slow descent to allow our body to dip into resting and digesting fully so you can have deep and productive sleep? Well, here are six proven steps to be effective. These things have been proven through the years. They have been proven through multiple different generations, multiple different types of people over time. And the success for you is not to do these things perfectly, but to learn how to practice them a little bit better over time. Progress is what you're aiming for with these, not doing them perfectly. In fact, trying to do them perfectly can stress you out even more and have the adverse effect. And because I grew up Baptist, all of these will be alliterative. So here are the six strategies for better sleep, all starting with the letter T. They are timing, techless, T, training your mind, temperature, and thankfulness. So let's break each of these down and give you some practical ways to implement each one so you can be on your way to better sleep, better energy, and clear focus in the day. All right. First up is timing your body craves rhythms. And it uses the rhythms of our life to set an internal clock that strategically 
presses the start and stop buttons on thousands of biological processes. One of the most important processes that relates to sleep is the production of melatonin. Now, this hormone helps you to build that kind of sleepy feeling. It helps us to kind of get into that sleepy state. And while you can take it in a gummy to help you sleep, which many people do, you actually don't need to if you're able to fine-tune your sleep timing. By going to bed and waking up around the same time every day, you can allow your body to regulate its production of melatonin to help you deep sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. This includes weekends. So while you may want to stay out late, on a Friday or Saturday and sleep in on Sunday or Saturday, just know that it's going to make waking up on Monday morning that much harder. I might offer you a suggestion to try to stay within 30 to 60 minutes of your regular sleep and wake up times between the weekdays and the weekend days to help you keep your body's rhythms and sleep in that cycle, in that rhythm. And maybe you're thinking, Laura, I work weird hours. I have kids. How can I make sure I go to bed on time the same time each night? And it's okay. I get it. I certainly don't do this perfectly, but even just making micro shifts in your bedtime schedule to try to normalize it can make a difference. Like my client, Barb, who used to work the night shifts, we found that she actually slept better and she had better energy during her work if she stuck to her night schedule an extra two days of the week when she wasn't working. In fact, some workers who do the night shift stay to their sleep schedule all week. Like I said at the get-go, this will look different for everyone and you're not looking for an overhaul, but instead ask yourself, what micro shift can I make to make my sleep schedule a bit more consistent, a little bit more routine? So you're going to bed and waking up just about the same time or within that 30 to 60 minute window each day. All right, that is T for timing. Next up, we have tech less, tech less. In this day and age, I probably don't need to tell you that blue light is registered by our eyes as daylight and it can stimulate the production of hormones that help keep you awake. Did you know that blue light's effect on the body can last up for two hours? This is crazy. So this means that if you've been typing away, texting, swiping, or binging up to two hours before bed, it can still be affecting your sleep. So what do we do with this information? Does this mean that you can her watch a movie at night, text your friend back, or do work at night? No, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to avoid it at least 90% of the time. To do that, here's some things I recommend. Try setting an alarm on your phone to go off two hours before bed to remind you that it's time to start winding down. When it goes off, finish what you were working on, plug in your phone, and officially start one of my favorite things in the whole wide world that I call Amish Hour. Now, if you don't know, the Amish don't really tech. They actually don't believe in it as part of life. (laughs) They don't believe it as part of their culture. They kind of exclude it from their life experience as much as possible, hence why the term Amish Hour came about. During Amish Hour, which is the last hour before you go to bed, you want to avoid as much exposure to blue light as possible. Instead, here's what you can do. We can take advantage of what the Amish use, which is actually red light. Now, if you don't know, red light is the same light that's emitted from a flame, like fireplace or a candle. And it actually has the opposite effect to your body that blue light does, which is why one simple hack after 
going techless is to light a candle and do some reading, do some journaling, do some stretching or praying that can help calm your mind. Keep in mind, this might not be the best time to catch up on the latest Stephen King model. This could be a good time to read something light, something fun, something enjoyable for you, or to do some stretching. Try to keep what you choose to read as light and encouraging as possible. Number three is T, and not the letter T, but T-E-A, as T-E-A, T, (laughs) as in the beverage. While this might seem all too simple, teas actually have an incredible effect on the body and mind. In fact, the simple act of just making yourself tea means that you are going to stop what you are doing. You are going to have to let it steep. You are going to have to let it cool. This forces you to slow the heck down, to sit down, to enjoy it. But so much more than that, there actually are certain teas that can help your body relax and calm your mind. Some of my favorites in particular are lavender teas, chamomile teas, mint teas, or lemon teas that are, of course, caffeine-free. My personal favorite is the well-rested tea from Trader Joe's. It is a winner-winner chicken dinner. It tastes delicious, and it's very relaxing for me. Um, if you don't have a favorite tea kettle or mug, go thrifting. Pick one out. Pick one up from Amazon, wherever you do your shopping. Make it a part of your nightly routine. You can make it a ritual, and not in a weird way, but ritual practices like setting the tea, hearing it whistle, sipping quietly, all help to instill an expectation for your body that sleep is approaching and that it is time to wind down because you are doing this task. In other words, you are trying to connect a task to an activity. When you do this task, this activity is coming. I hope that makes sense. Fourth is terraining your mind. All right, habits are a powerful thing. I don't think that I need to tell you that. If you've ever tried to break a habit, you know that they are kind of hard to break. And you likely have a lot of them, probably more of them than you would even realize. When your phone goes off, how hard is it for you not to check who texted you back? When you walk past a mirror, how often do you check your mascara or habitually tell a stranger you're good when you're having the worst day ever, right? We are secretly habit masters, and our brain uses habits because it can save brain power. Habits trigger actions that take less thought, which is why it's so hard to change them. It takes effort. But guess what? You can use this to your advantage using a little something I like to call the Q Action Reward System. I utilize this with my clients to help them create changes based on their habits. And it's extremely successful for building habits that help your lifestyle to improve. Now, if you haven't heard of this, the Q Action Reward System helps you to build habits, to create habits by building a cycle that induces a specific desired action. For example, let's say you want to go to bed earlier. Maybe you want to start going to bed by 9 p.m. Well, in order for you to start that habit, you first need to establish a cue. What will trigger you to remember to start winding down an hour before bed at 8 p.m. so you can get to bed by 9? Identify what that cue will be. Will it be a sticky note? Will it be an alarm on your phone? Maybe seeing your bed. Identify some type of cue to start that habit. 
For example, a cue for you often is what we would use the classic example is the ice cream truck. That is the ultimate cue, right? The ice cream truck goes by. What do you do? You run and you grab your sticky quarters and you go get your ice cream. And then you have the reward, which is your ice cream, right? So once you've identified the cue, you need to set up the specific action, setting the tea, plugging in your phone, getting your book, identify what action you will take. Then the third step is to set up your reward or like the ice cream at the end, right? What will going to bed at 9 p.m. allow for? How will you celebrate it? Will you have better energy? Maybe you'll choose to reward yourself with some flowers like I do. Choose your own way that the keyword is brings you joy, something that you'll look forward to and you'll want to do to celebrate the better choices that you're making and to train your mind that it's time for bed. Try practicing the same actions before bed, maybe doing the same stretches, the same deep breathing, the same candle, lighting the same thing, just doing that over time and identify some type of trigger or some type of cue that tells your mind that sleep is approaching. This is really, really important. Okay, the fifth strategy is changing the temperature, changing the temperature. While everybody's body temperature varies slightly, did you know that most sleep studies that have found optimal sleep actually happens between 60 to 70 degrees? Now, I'm a Floridian, and if I set my thermostat to 60 or 65 degrees, I might actually freeze at night. But adjusting our thermostat down at night from 76 to about 72 makes a huge difference in how we sleep. And it prevents us from waking up in the middle of the night sweating buckets. So if you're struggling with sleep, try bumping down your thermostat a few degrees at night and maybe just grabbing a blanket. Maybe if you don't want to set it down for your entire house, then consider grabbing an extra fan to kind of keep you cool at night. This is a very simple hack, but If you implement this, I promise it really will make a big difference. Now, the sixth and what I believe to be the most impactful of all of these strategies is thankfulness. Now, I'm a big quote scout and one of my favorite quotes right now is that gratitude is the absence of lack. Meaning that when you are being grateful, you cannot hold gratitude and lack in the same hand. They do not coincide. They do not mix like oil and water. And I think a lot of us go to bed with a lot of lack. A lot of us go to bed thinking about all the things we didn't get done, all the things we should have said, or maybe we're thinking and worrying about what we have lying ahead of us the next day. As when you lay your head down at night, the day is done. It's past. And practicing gratitude or practicing thankfulness before bed allows you to lay down those things that keep your mind racing at night. If you are a believer, if faith is a big part of your life, I can guarantee you this, your blessings always outweigh your burdens. Because Jesus lived and died means that there is always something to be thankful for in your life. The gospel gives us blessings in the past because Christ has redeemed us. It gives us blessings in the present because God is forgiving us. God is giving us life. He is giving us mercy. You have physical blessings right now, like your breath, like your ears listening to this podcast. And you also have future and forever blessings. You have a home ahead of you in heaven. You have forgiveness. You have all of these things ahead of you in your future. 
And you also have blessings forever. You will always have the Holy Spirit. You will always have Christ with you. You will always have hope. For the believer listening in, I'd urge you to spend just a few minutes before bed praising the Lord for his attributes, praising him for his holiness, his steadfast love for you, his justice, his mercy, his grace, his good plan. Guys, there is so much to give thanks for when we consider who God is and how much he loves us. For someone listening in who faith may not be a part of your life, I want you to take time to list off the things that you are thankful for that you have right now. The way that your body works for you on a daily basis, it's breathing, it's building, it's growing, it's healing you every moment of every day. That is something to be thankful for. There's a lot in the Bible and there's a lot of things that it tells us, but the words remember and don't forget are some of the most used in all of scripture. And there's no wonder why we forget things all the time. Imagine how much more thankful, how much more centered, how much more focused, and how much more restful you'd be able to go to sleep after dwelling on your blessings, dwelling on the things that God has given you, the things that you are grateful for. Don't forget how blessed you are. Remember God's goodness to you before you lay your head down to sleep at night. And I promise that you will find yourself falling asleep much deeper and much better because of it. Well, that is it. Those six strategies that you can use to implement, to optimize your sleep for better energy, focus, and mental clarities. All T's. All T's. Six T's. All right. I hope that you were able to take one of these, whether that is taking it from the top at your sleep timing. Maybe it's going techless. Maybe it's finding a specific T that you enjoy. Maybe it is training your mind by building that habit with a cue action reward system. Maybe it's just cranking down the temperature a little bit, or maybe it's practicing thankfulness. What I would encourage you to do is just use one. Six is a lot. And like I said, I don't want you to overhaul everything. I just want you to take one thing at a time, see how it affects your sleep, and maybe build on from there. So as always, if this podcast was helpful for you, if you found this to be encouraging, empowering, or educational, please don't keep it to yourself. Share it with your friend, save it for another time so you can listen to it again. Until next time, friends, stay strong. All the love, Coach Laura.